This podcast is brought to you by Cougar Radio. What's going on, Cougars? This is Ray Torsha. Welcome back to another week of the Torch Report. This week on the Torch Report, we have Miss Freely, who attended Kennedy High School and is an alumnus here. She played three sports, including varsity soccer, varsity basketball, and varsity lacrosse in high school. <clears throat> in 2007, she went all-county for lacrosse, all-class for basketball, and all-conference for soccer. She won the Jacob Gunter Outstanding Athlete Award in 2007. She was the MVP of the lacrosse and basketball team and captain for all three of her senior year. She then went on to play lacrosse at SUNY Cortland along with club basketball and played one season at Adelphi for her senior year of college. She's coached lacrosse here for 13 years, six years at Kennedy, and she coached seven years of basketball here at Kennedy. She was lacrosse conference champion, champs in 2021-2023, basketball conference champs in 2021, Nassau County Final Four appearance in 2020. She coached Cameron Montalbano second female in JFK history to break a 1,000 points, and she also coached Adriana Califano, who signed D1 to the University of Akron to be a lacrosse goalie. A lot of accomplishments there on the list, Ms. Freely. Take us through all of them. Take us through your high school career and how that started first, though. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so it all started here at JFK. I went to Grand Avenue to start off my athletic career, really. I wasn't the kid playing at uh, all the PAL leagues and stuff like that. I danced all my life, actually. I always shock a lot of my students by telling them that I danced nationally for 14 years. My mom was like the biggest dance mom. My family lived there. And then come ninth grade, I actually tried out for varsity cheerleading, made the team, and then I quickly quit because I just wanted to try soccer. All my friends were doing soccer, loved it, fell in love, then did basketball lacrosse as well, which I did in middle school. So... That's really where it all took off for me was in high school when I started to really just, like, find my niche. Did you have any teachers at Grand that you can remember? No, cause Mr. Bargeel was uh, my – I was one of his first students. That was, like, when his career first started. He's the basketball coach there now. Um, there's a few that are still there, but most of my teachers at Kennedy are still here as well. So, And my coach – we actually have a cool story. Coach Julie Wright, who's a math teacher here – she was my lacrosse coach in high school, who I attribute all my lacrosse success to, and she's now signing on to be my assistant this year for lacrosse. So that's really crazy how it came full circle for us. So take us through your high school career. You were definitely talented. 2007 was a big year for you. Take us through that year. Yeah, um, soccer, we were never any good when I was here. You know, it was just something to fill the time. It was just I loved uh, any sort of contact sport where you could score some goals. So that really just was like for fun. And then I always on the off season did basketball and lacrosse. Um, basketball didn't really take off for me personally until that 10th grade year. I started to notice like I really could do something with this sport. 
and same with lacrosse. When Miss Wright came in, that was my sophomore year, she sat with me for a little bit at each practice, taught me how to throw and catch properly, how to do certain things, and then all of a sudden I went from scoring a couple goals a game to about averaging eight my senior year a game. So that was where it really, you know, definitively got better for us. But um, our teams were always in really difficult uh, conferences, so the success wasn't always there, but we did my senior year – went, you know, above 500 in basketball, which was a huge accomplishment at the time for the conferences we were in. Lacrosse, we went and made playoffs, and then there was a huge upset in the way that the point system went, and they canceled our playoff game my senior year, so that was heart-wrenching. But, you know, all pivotal, pivotal parts of my athletic career and why I wanted to go on to the next level. But, um, yeah, I just made a lot of great memories here, and that's where I really fell in love with the sports. So out of all three high school sports, which one do you think you enjoyed the most? That's a tough question. I enjoy individually playing basketball a bit better. I feel I'm more powerful there. But lacrosse, I was more recruited there because just, I guess, the need and my size was good for the position I was playing. But um, also a fun game. But definitely, I think my passion lies in the heat of a basketball game. So take us through the uh, recruiting process with Cortland. Did you have any other offers or any other schools looking at you? Um, I did have other offers and looks at CW Post, which is LIU at the time, LIU now, but um, Malloy, all local for the most part. I could have played at Fairfield for lacrosse, all lacrosse. Um, and I just wanted to definitely go away. SUNY was kind of what my family was you know, needing to do. And uh, we called up the coach, and we did a little visit, and I fell in love with watching their practice. It was awesome. It was intense. It was serious. It was everything I thought I'd want. It was a mixture of Long Island people with Syracuse everywhere. You know, everybody was located in a different place, so it was awesome. And I just – they had me at that practice. I wanted to go there immediately. So Cortland was D3 at the time, and then you had Malloy, which is D1. Two. D2 and – CW Post was D2, D2. at the time, yeah. So do you, you didn't care about the divisions? or Not at all. I just wanted to play and get some playing time and, you know, just make the best choice for myself. I know it was hard for me to swallow that pill coming from being the big fish in a little pond here to, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, taking a back seat a little bit, waiting my turn, knowing my role. And that was something that, you know, I'm glad I made the decision. It, it made me work a lot harder in college than I thought, like, I needed to. And it was definitely a eye-opener. So you didn't really play to your junior year of, of... Like, some really strong minutes was my junior year, yeah. So how did those seasons go? Like, how did you prepare from being a backup to... I just was always ready for my name to be called. And now that I'm a coach, it's kind of funny the things that I couldn't stand as a player. I'm seeing that now I have to do it as a coach. Like, just like anytime somebody makes an error, you might give them one more chance, second chance, whatever. So it's nerve wracking as a player. And that's kind of how I felt for a year or two. But eventually you just kind of get used to it. Like, can't make errors or you're coming out. And that's just the mentality I had. Um, but you got to show coach, like, anytime you mess up, you're, you're going to be that kid going to fix it and make the, the adjustment. So you did transfer to Adelphi for your senior year. Mm -hmm. What was the choice in that? Uh, I just wanted to be closer to home at that point and, you know, had a lot of family stuff going on. So I definitely was happy with my decision to come home. I attribute all my success in phys ed to that program. Um, I loved how intimate it was. We had a class of 20 kids and we all went to the same exact 
uh, classes at that point. So it was a, a nice cohort of people learning how to be phys ed teachers at that stage in the game. So it definitely was more beneficial for my career. But, you know, much higher level of, of lacrosse at that point. I'm a senior. They already have their team established. They're NCAA champs. Like It was insane to jump to that level. It was awesome to be a part of it. How did, like, you shift, like, with one team to another in such, like, a short pan of time? I just kind of took it all in for the experience. I wasn't expecting much out of that. But to play with such high-level players was just an honor and a privilege and learned a lot, took in a lot more from, like, really top coaches. And I just truly enjoyed it. It wasn't really that crazy of an adjustment. I knew we were going to, you know, two-a-days, three-a-days sometimes, and I was ready for it. So how did your playing career philosophy your coaching career now so I definitely had the coaches that I'll remember forever and the coaches that tried to ruin it for some of us and I try to take those memories and make what I want my legacy to be I don't ever want a player to uh, talk about my coaching as the reason why they didn't play or continue to play I want them to be inspired by some stories I might tell them or something that I would do for them but um, I definitely had coaches in college come and go, and they just didn't even, you know, care about the the player behind the action that was on the field. So I definitely want my players to know how much I care for them and what how successful I want them to be. So that's something that I definitely took from one of my Cortland coaches that I didn't love that they were doing. They just, like, were all about the game, didn't care about the player as a whole. So I definitely wanted that legacy. What's your favorite part about being a coach here at Kennedy since you did play here? You're almost in the same shoes as your play. You were in the same shoes as your players. What's that like? Um, it's definitely full circle. I feel like I'm, you know, in the place that I loved and grew up, and it's just something very close and near to my heart. And, like, even going home, I talk basketball with my parents who, you know, came all four years for my games and stuff. So it's still close to home for us as a family and – it's just something that, you know, it was wild to me. My friends all went to Kennedy High School, and they still keep up with it and, like, watch the newspapers, see how we're doing and stuff. So it's just fun that I get to still be a part of this, and, like, it's like I never left. So what's the best thing athletes can do to get better at their sport uh, from a former athlete? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm a big believer in what Mr. Caballero calls working while you wait, and when no one's looking, what are you doing? Are you going out and, you know, having dinner instead of, or are you working? Like, so I, I was the kid who, when Coach Wright showed me how to throw and catch and stuff, I was going to the, the wall in the back at Kennedy, and I was putting in the time, and I wanted to get better. So it first has to come from, do you want it? And it, then what are you going to do about it? So I definitely think that's something that sticks with me when I see players go for a water break. Are they going to talk to their friends or are they going to shoot free throws in their spare time waiting for coach to start the next drill? So what are your some, some of your favorite moments as a high school coach here? You've definitely coached some talented players. You had some conference championships and a Final Four appearance. Take us through some of your favorite moments here. Um, we had a very special year. I believe it was my fourth year coaching here in basketball when we had that player, Cameron Montabano. We had Rachel Nossen, two phenoms that, you know, I got very lucky to have been their coach. Um, and then we had a great group of role players around them. So it just went from we were pretty good. We were 500 every year to all of a sudden now 
we have two 30-point scorers on the team, and we are winning a lot of our games, if not all of them. And we were winning big games, like versus AA teams, Massapequa, Farmingdale, East Meadow. We knocked out a lot in the preseason, and we didn't even realize how good we were until we did that. And then um, and we also picked up Kanar Gelman, who went to the University of Bucknell for soccer. So she was just a stud athlete. So that whole season, just figuring out how good we're going to be was insane. And then we had an injury. Cameron Montabano got injured in January, which is all our league games. So we lost a few. And then we made playoffs from our Jam the Gym game. We went 6-6 six and six with that sixth win. And then that was the season we went to the Nassau County Final Four. We had huge upsets over the February break. Those three games were all like nail biter intense I felt like I was a college coach like or in the NBA it was literally insane so just the fans were were following us everybody was obsessed with the girls basketball team that year was awesome did you get did you play games at like probably different stadiums right um we our final game was at the SUNY Farmingdale, I believe. Yeah, SUNY Farmingdale. And then the two leading up to it, were, we were away teams because we were the lower seed with that, you know, not so great record from the injury she had. So uh, we played at Swanica's brand new gym. That is extremely intense. The acoustics there are loud, and the crowd is always in Swanica's favor. So that was the, probably the game of a lifetime that we won there. And we had lost eight times to them prior in my career. So your sister being one of them, we lost two times with them. Um, and then uh, we lost the following three years to them. So this was our ninth time playing them since I had been coaching, and I just assumed we were going to lose again. There's something about them that we just cannot beat them there. And sure enough, we beat them. So the atmosphere is probably crazy. Yes, it's very nerve-wracking for me as a coach, so let alone how my players feel. It, that by far is the craziest stadium to go to to play. A lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Packed what out. What was the uh, final score? I believe we beat them by six. Was so that back and forth the whole game? Yeah. Much, yeah, always. Yeah. So take us through some of your you had gave us some of your favorite moments. Take us through some of your favorite athletes you've had and coached, and then some you've played alongside with. I hope they don't come back to haunt me. But uh, Nicolina Torsha was my first senior here. I think you're familiar of Nicolina. Um, yeah. She, uh, that was a rewarding story for me because not only was she a great point guard, awesome athlete. The second I walked in the door, she said, you know, I haven't had such great coaches here. What are you going to do for us? She grilled me. She attacked me and said, I, I, we need something good and something special here. And I was ready to give her and the team just that. And sure enough, you know, years later, many of you know, Miss Torsha came here to work last year and she got to be one of my JV coaches for basketball and lacrosse. And we grew to have a professional relationship as as well as friends. And she just is like a top-notch player who we're very proud to see all her success in phys ed, phys, uh, fitness, and coaching. So it's really awesome to see that happen, especially when Mr. Paypack, myself, we all advised her, you know, go down this route, and we think that would be best for you. And she did, and she's loving it. So that's one of my favorite stories. There's a few, um, you know, Cameron and Nassen, Cameron was the second female to get a thousand points in her seasons, and she only played four years. And one of them being the COVID season, which we only had eight measly games, so she probably would have had fifteen hundred if we had a full twenty-game season. Nassen came up shy of 
I, I think she was 60 points shy of 1,000, which was heart-wrenching because she easily would have had that when she was scoring 25, 30 points a game. So just a couple more, but that COVID season was tragic. We thought we would have went so far that year with both of them back. They were only senior, they were only juniors when we went to the Final Four, so that was a crazy group of girls to have coached. But the Lewin sisters, there's so many. Rose Mahoney. Yeah, we went through a lot of girls that were awesome basketball players. Were you the uh, other 1,000-point scorer or no? No. I think I was in, like, the 600s. I uh, wasn't close, but uh, – uh, Marianne Pierre was her name, and she has like three or four balls down there in the showcase. She has like so many records, rebounding records, um, uh, what was it, assists and scoring. I believe she has over 1,500 in scoring. Yeah. She was from the 90s. I have no idea. She got inducted, the first group of Hall of Fame inductees. So you were just recently inducted to the Hall of Fame? Yeah. How was that? That was awesome. For... All three sports, yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, whatever athletic career, I guess you can call it for. But, um, no, that was definitely a, a rewarding experience for my family to come back and see it happen. I picked up the plaque with my daughter, who were trying to get her to love athletics, and it was just a really sweet moment. And for my uh, basketball coach to come back, she retired, Miss Apola. Um, it was really sweet. The whole speech, the whole day, it was lovely. All right, I think that wraps up. Our interview. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.